0: This is the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher
3: on v Okay, Lombardi line presented by BetMGM here on v the Sports Betting Network on this Sunday, August 7th. Nesson, Marquis, v DraftKings, hope you're all doing well. Get ready and buckle in. It's going to be a great season. couple things. Michael Lombardi. Uh, I thought Williamson was great on the Steelers, and I've got two actionable mm-hmm. betting uh, topics that could to come out of this. Yeah. One, he likes eight or nine wins just because of the culture and the professionalism. So that immediately betters understand you got to get the best number. Go to DraftKings, get the seven. Bet MGM has seven and a half on the Steelers. Two, he said the usage, nobody touched the football more than Najee Harris last year. He said that usage is going up. He rushed for twelve hundred yards last year. The offensive line got better and right now at DraftKings I got a prop at eleven fifty and a half. Go over. Your your thoughts on those two?
4: Well, I mean, you know, we left out, Najee got 74 receptions. He was targeted 94 times. He got 74 receptions. Of course, Ben was going to get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible. I think his yardage and receiving will go up. I think he'll have, a, you know, but yards from scrimmage last year, he was at 1,667. I think at 1,200 behind that line, I think the line will get better. I think the line will get better. Mike Mike Tomlin made a change with his offensive line coach. I think the line will get better. I think they'll be more physical. And I think just by the nature of the offense. And I thought the other key point he made was Trubisky's running around. That that, you know, when you know the quarterback can't move and he is really sitting in one spot the whole time, it becomes an easy game. And I thought what 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 Matt said about how easy it was for Ben to defend is what I was saying all year. Like, it's just just, he made the game too easy for the defense. Can't throw it down the field. Had to throw it inside. The ball's coming out. Look, Ben's going in the Hall of Fame, right? And so I, I don't want to throw dirt on somebody who's so great. But he limited what they did. And the fact that Harris got 1,200 yards with Bennett quarterback, to me, is significantly about how good of a player this kid could, could be if he stays healthy. I thought the other part, too, Patrick, was if you're in fantasy football, you might want to think about putting pickings on your team.
3: Pickens was the kid coming out of high school, Georgia. Remember the big time injury there, but Pickens just as far as size and just uh, the, every the attributables i mean everything he offers is next level you just wonder about the injuries as far as Najee harris you just nailed it 467 through the air 74 receptions 1200 yards so that adds up obviously to 1667 i'm looking at draftkings rushing and receiving for Najee harris 1600 and a half i don't think he goes down from last year's total i think the usage goes i mean if it's possible the usage goes yeah. up they're going to use this kid
4: there's no doubt. And the other factor I think too is is when you look at Pickens' and size and Chase Claypool's size, these Steelers are hard to match up to. In terms of, I've often said, when you build a receiving core, you have to build a basketball team. You need a power forward, you need a center, you need a point guard, and you need an off guard. You know, you kind of have to have these different players that have different skill sets, and you need defensive backs to match those. When you go play them with Pickens, Claypool, and then Friermuth, you've got three big physical guys to blend in with Deontay Johnson, who's their best receiver, and he's more of a point guard, small forward type player. He's more of that off-guard player. So they've got skill. Now, they're young. As he said, they're very young. And they've got to get the quarterback to play better. But that, that remains to be seen. But they're going to grow into this. But one thing I know about Tomlin, I mean, you know, when he won all those games at Mason Rudolph two years ago, it, and he led the league in creating turnovers, and they never played from behind. They never played from in front. They were always behind. I, I think you're underestimating his ability to
3: coach and lead if you bet under. I think that's fair. I th- I think that's – Listen, it, there, are, there have been Steelers fans that have been frustrated with Tomlin because of the lack of success in the postseason. If Tomlin was let go by the Steelers, he would be unemployed for about .1 seconds. No doubt.
4: No, he's too good of a coach. He's, and the thing about being coming an NFL head coach is if you're willing to work and you take every year as a new year, you get better at your craft. You know, what, what, what happens to some guys is the longer they go, they think they can cut a corner or they think it's, you don't have to do as much as you did in the past. That's not the case. But you get better if you keep working at it and you stay up on the draft. What causes most coaches to, if, when you get out of football is you lose drafts. And when you lose drafts, you lose continuity with the league. You lose touch with the league. You lose what's developing in the league. So you have to stay on top of the draft to stay on top of the game. And I think that's ultimately what Mike has done a great job of doing. And, and look, his inspiration, his ability to create culture is beyond beyond reproach. He's so good at it.
3: So we talked uh, about the Steelers. Maybe they've improved along that offensive front, but they haven't been good for a few years now. Uh, projecting as far as win rates, pass and run block, um, win rates, offensive line, ESPN put together a list. I'm just doing this because I want to have a little fun with you. But if I were just to ask you right now, top of mind, Michael hasn't looked at this list, and what you've taught me is you got to go deeper than just the quarterback when talking about betting, so let's talk offensive line. If you were to go top of mind, give me your top three units, offensive line-wise, in the NFL this year going into the 2022 season.
4: I think Cleveland's really a good line. It's one of the things I think can help them get through what they need to get through. I think Kansas City, when you break that offensive line down with Tooney, Allen at guard, you know, and then Orlando Brown, I think, is is just a good player, but he's still a left tackle. And then Creed Humphrey at center. I think they're really talented in that line. I think the New Orleans Saints is really a good offensive line. If Penning turns into be the left tackle that they need to have, I think Penning can be really good. And the Philadelphia Eagles, Brian Baldinger talked about that. Mm -hmm. Their offensive line with the two tackles is outstanding. You know, they've got two tackles. They've got guards that can play. The center, Kelsey's still a good player. So those would be just off the top of my head. Because, look, I did that on the podcast. I ranked all the offensive linemen, guards, centers, and, and tackles. And, you know, those teams show up all the time. Detroit has a good young offensive line. I think P- Sewell and, and, and Lawan are, you know, I mean, they're, they're going to be really good players. But, you know, they're young and they're coming along. Ragnall, the center, So I just think, to me, those are the lines that jump off initially at me.
3: Okay, just one thing. When they moved Sewell to the right over that final half of the season, he actually performed a little bit better. I think uh, it was a a little more comfortable. Uh, You nailed two of three. Okay, now this is just opinion. So Kansas City won. Imagine the rebuild of that offensive front last year, and all of a sudden they're one of the best. Uh, You've got Philly. They've got them ranked three. And then they actually had Green Bay Packers uh, two as far as the offensive front.
4: Uh, Well, I mean, I think a lot of that depends on Becciari at left tackle. Is he healthy? Can he play? I haven't seen him. You know, I mean, they're not going to get by with Billy Turner at left tackle, but I do think they're good. Look, the quarterback makes them more effective, too. Let's be honest. He gets rid of the ball so quickly, you know, and he's so smart. He gets him in the right play. You know, I, I think that's that that elevates the team. I mean, Cleveland, look, Cleveland's two guards are good. You know, their tackles are good. And there's a reason they run the ball effectively. And it's not all Nick Chubb. And they, they, Bill Callahan does a good job with that run game. Look, Kansas City put money into it. You, you know, I often said this, and I wrote about it in Gridiron Genius. You are who you want to become. If you want a fat team, you'll draft fat players. You want a skinny team, you'll draft skinny players. If you want to build an offensive line, you'll put money into it. They sign Tooney. They draft Humphrey early. They get Allen late in the draft, but only because of the medical. And they trade for Orlando Brown, give up a high draft pick to get him. I mean, now you're putting some starch into it. That's what you have to do. Same thing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they're in a transitional period because they lost a couple players, but they put money in that line. And, And to me, the smart teams do that. That's how you build championships because there'll be George Pickens in the second round to get to 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 do what Atlanta's doing and take Kyle Pitts and then come back and take Drake again. I mean like Siri, you can't you can't rush the passer and you can't protect. Like it's great unless they can count to five Mississippi, they're not getting the ball.
3: All right, bro. You nailed it. Let's go to the bottom. Atlanta's gonna be there, right? Atlanta's thirty one of thirty two on this so list. Bad. give me the others that will struggle on the other
4: side. Atlanta has Atlanta's problem is they can't evaluate offensive linemen. I mean, I wish I could have a conversation with Matt Ryan. He never was protected his whole career down there. They could never really evaluate offensive linemen down there. And that was a huge struggle. Look, Houston's offensive line was really bad last year. And so was Baltimore's offensive line. It has to get better because of injuries. Those two lines, the quarterback got beat up. Carolina's offensive line, really bad last year. Seattle's one of the worst offensive lines in football. They've got to get really better. They must improve in that offensive line. And I think the leader in the clubhouse, frankly, is Chicago Bears. There's a perfect example of Ryan Pace, their former general manager, of not willing to put any resources into the offensive line, just thinking it was going to happen.
3: Yes, sir. They're down there. Jacksonville's 32. Here's one that surprised me a little bit and you can run with it. They've got Las Vegas at 29. So Josh and Mick got a little work cut out for them as far as the offensive front. We know what happened with the last regime though. So to be fair, we know what happened.
4: Well, I mean, look, the, the, Colton Miller's a good left tackle. There's no denying that. And I think what we saw on on Thursday is they've got some pieces. Do they need to improve? There's no doubt. They have to get better. I don't think they're one of the worst lines in football. They'll set inside out. I think they got to get their right tackle situated, whether it's Leatherwood or someone else. But there was some talent on that tape when you watched it. The guys coming off the ball. I thought they looked they looked like they were – in the first week of practice. They're not anywhere near they are. They were certainly far ahead of Jacksonville, who didn't look ready to play with any pad level or any get off the block. Jacksonville looked like they had walkthroughs before they got to Canton.
3: If Bill Belichick values special teams more than anything, where does he put the offensive line in the pecking order?
4: Huge. He's never going to be tackled efficient. I think he's moved Trent Brown over to left tackle. I think this is another good offensive line. Now it's got to show up, but with, with but they moved Trent Brown over to left tackle, you know, so that really helps out because I, I think I think when you break them down, Isaiah wins a better right tackle. And then they're inside. He drafts strange in the first round. He's going to be a good player. He's got Andrews, who's one of my top guards. And then the uh, Mike Owanoa kid is the kid that they they really have a high hope for. He's got to settle in there and play with more consistency. He's extremely talented, but he hasn't been as consistent. This will be a good offensive line, and they will run the ball effectively. They've got good running backs. They have extra backs there. There's no denying it.
3: Nesson, you understand when I say Cole Strange is going to become, like, the favorite there <laughs> at Gillette, right? He is going to because he was so maligned He's going to be a good the player. pick. Oh, yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, when somebody questions the the best coach of all times' ability to pick players, you know, when you picking players, like seriously, that group that <laughs> yeah, was questioning should. on draft day, like none of them made a pick in their life.
3: None of them. Get, get me a Cole Strange jersey. The Bears next.
5: is uncanny usa
2: he says somebody's in the house and i screamed
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
2: you're a growing business which means you need every spare hour you can find that's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in slack
0: Okay,
3: Brent Musburger, it's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app. That's BetMGM Sports, all your favorite wagering options, in-game betting, boosted odd specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip and bring that status sheet ID. You're going to love it. State-of-the-art technology, fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older. You got a gambling problem. It's 1-800-522-4700. Okay, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. What would you do last night? I mean, it was... I, I was just, I, I cannot wait. We've got, what, three weeks until week zero, college football. I want to see that color. I want it to pop on my TV. What would you do last yeah. night?
4: I, I just read, I w- I'm reading the book, The Devil's Chessboard, about Alan Dulles and the history of the CIA. So I just kind of went through that a little bit. So it was good. It was a nice, quiet evening. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot, you know. I mean, I made sure Bella was snoring when I read. But other than that, it was all good. Okay. <laughs> We're doing good. <laughs> Are nice, you ready quiet for the Renaissance, night, man? You know, I am. I'm ready for the bear. I'm, I'm looking man. for this first time I've had a, we've ever had the bear on the show. I'm excited about it.
3: Felica is a mainstay here on VEASAN. Of course, college game day. I, I we we're going to ask him about college football, but he probably cares more about the grade three La Jolla at Del Mar today. As we say hi to the bear and Chris Felica. Hi, hi, Chris. How are you?
6: I'm doing well. I, I it's funny. I actually just pulled up the, uh, the past performances for Saratoga and Del Mar <laughs> Uh, just prior because it's a big, uh, it's a big weekend contest that I'm uh, that I'm in on horse tourney. So uh, yeah, I got I got to uh, get ready for those. Yeah, it was short, short field. Uh, it looks like in La Jolla today, so I'm sure uh, something Shocker. will be a big favorite. Yeah, I yeah, 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 imagine Shocker. that. But I don't know. Something looks pretty uh, pretty vulnerable there in in the, in the in that field. I don't I don't think the Mandela horse oh, sh- should be that short.
4: I'm sure you'll find something as you comb through it. So let me ask you, thinking about something, short, As you go through all these college teams, is there one team that stands out to you that you're saying, I think people are undervaluing them? You know, the hard thing for me with college, and I think for everybody, is how good are the younger players? We saw that in the, in the Rose Bowl. I mean, everybody was crying that Ohio State was going to lose all these great receivers, and the, the next three guys that came in were just as good as the last three guys. So is there a team that has more depth? Is it LSU? Is it Florida? Is there something? Some sleeper team out there that you really like.
7: L-
6: LSU is, 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 I think, fixed that bill uh, very nicely, uh, in, in my opinion. I, I think LSU in the last couple of years did not have a, a talent problem. They, they had a a culture problem. They, they had guys who were holding themselves out for the trap. They had awful hires on the on the coaching staff and the assistants. They had Coach O and his rah rah and all off the field problems. LSU still has a ton. Of talent, And I think now you bring in Brian Kelly, who people always knocked him, oh, we can't win the big game. But he was a massive underdog in those games against Alabama and Clemson. Like, who has beaten Alabama and Clemson? I forget the exact number, but I think if you go back, like, over the last 45 games, that Brian Kelly was a favorite at Notre Dame, I think he was something like 44 and one. So this is a guy, when he has the perception that he has the better team than the opponent, he wins. And I think with the talent at LSU, they're going to have better talent when they set foot on the field in a lot of those games against the middle of the SEC. So I think LSU, I think their win total, uh, I think it's at seven now in most places. Uh, I would still take a a good chance on that because I I think seven wins is probably a, uh, a baseline for what we could see from the Bengals this year.
3: Okay, let's go Bears power rankings. Michael, you and I discussed it. Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, there's a drop-off. There's a chasm. So, on the Bears unofficial rankings right now, who's four and who's five? We know Bama, Ohio State, Georgia. Who's next?
6: That's I, I, funny. I have a hard time with it because I had to do my own power rankings last week for a little ESPN.com thing. And, like, I thought long and hard about number four, Mike. Who am I putting there? And I guess the two obvious candidates uh, for me are are Clemson and Utah. Uh, I I am not sold that Clemson has this automatic bounce-back year uh, just because of how bad D.J. Longley was last year. Now they're really struggling at wide receiver. But their defensive line is going to be so good. And the schedule really affords them – an opportunity to kind of break some guys in before they get uh, NC State in October and then have to go to Notre Dame after that. So if D.J. doesn't bounce back – and the Club that kid steps in and does well, uh, I, I could very easily see Clemson at four. And then I guess if you want to say 4B, Utah, I think, is still being very underrated. Uh, I know Michael just asked about it, uh, an underrated team. I, I think they're being underrated nationally. I think there's some people in the know who understand how good Utah is, but they're probably going to have the best offense that They've had under Kyle Whittingham. They had a couple of. They, they lose guys like Devin Lloyd on the defensive line, but they had some freshmen last year and some sophomores who were fantastic. And, and I still think Utah's the best team in the past. 12 so I would kind of have. I, I would kind of have Clemson Utah's like 4A and Utahs at four A and four B.
4: You know, Utah's amazing. I mean, anybody who follows the, the recruiting, and they never have had a top 30 recruiting class since Kyle's been there, but yet all they do is get good players, develop players. They have toughness to their team, and they're hard to play. You know, and they always kind of slip up one game. But I'm with you. I think Utah's a good sleeper team. I want to circle the Notre Dame. Like, you know, we get Marcus Friedman comes in. We know that Brian Kelly was recruiting. Where are they at the quarterback? I've often wondered why we've lost Notre Dame as quarterback you, right? Like, we haven't seen that. And so where are they and who will be the starter? Is it Pine? Is it going to be the freshman or is it going to be Buckner?
6: I think Pine might be might be the guy right now. I really, I really don't know what what direction they're ultimately heading in, but but again, they they are they're an interesting team because I, I think everybody's just going to assume, and, I, and I'm in the group that assumes as well. And you know what they say about that. But I just think they're going to lose against Ohio State in the opener. So where do they go from there? I mean, you looked at the schedule, and there probably isn't a game that. You could say, "Oh, they're definitely going to lose that game the rest of the way." So I, mean, I think the optimism for, for for Notre Dame is you lose to Ohio State and you could potentially win every other game. But at the same time, there's also the flip side where North Carolina could be better, should be better. Uh, you have Clemson and, and you got to go to USC, so that that, that could open up an eight and four, nine and three type year as well, which would still be very, very good. But they they had some injuries last year on that defensive side of the ball. I, I think. I think Notre Dame probably falls in that nine and three type area. It's funny really getting back to Utah really quickly, and I'm glad you mentioned it. Like the physicality up front, and like you see so few teams nowadays build teams the way Whittingham has. If you go back to the numbers last year, uh, first in the country in sack rate allowed, a so great offensive line play, second in the country in yards per carry, and sixth in the country in, in sacks by the defense. So like that's how they win games, and it looks like a pretty good formula. It's pretty uh, uh, tested, tried and true.
3: Well, let me just say this, how, how Utah didn't lose Whittingham, Michael and a bear to USC over the past few years has been fascinating and something you brought up. I want to circle back, Chris, the idea, perception and reality in the betting market, most books have USC in the PAC 12 shorter than Utah. Let me be very clear. Utah is very much a better football team right now than USC, but it's interesting (laughs) with the betting market. Maybe you can clarify that up a little bit.
6: And, 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 and it's pretty much because of the perception of, and to kind of bring it all full circle about how could USC like, not hire Kyle. USC is about glitz and glam and not Kyle Whittingham. Physicality, run the football, do your job, control it. Like USC wants the Hollywood uh showcase yeah. their offense and skill. And I think that's what they did with, with Lincoln Riley. And you bring in Caleb Williams, you bring in Riley, you bring in Travis Dye, you bring in Addison. Like all these names like people get excited about here, All USC. But now that being said, you look at USC, the way their schedule breaks down, if they were to lose a game outside of Notre Dame, Utah, and UCLA, it's going to be a major upset because talent-wise, they're going to be much better than everybody else that they play on the field. But at the same time, they've had talent the last few years and haven't been able to do it. So the coaching staff, I think, is better. They're better in the skill positions. but I still think that defense is terrible. They're going to be in a bunch of 40 to 35 types of games. So ultimately, you're going to wind up on the wrong end. So it's not even a question in my mind that you're taking Utah over USC in terms of teams mm-hmm. to win that league.
4: You know, I, I love Kalen DeBoer. I, I am a big fan of his from the time he was at Indiana to to when he went to Fresno, now at Washington. What head coach, besides Lincoln Riley, that's a new, is you think has the quickest chance to turn it around next
6: season?
7: Oh, wow, that's a, uh, hmm.
6: I would Venables? say, no, see, I'm down on Oklahoma, I think they have a lot of holes that they lost on the off. Lost basically their entire defense, and they lost a ton of um, a ton of guys, skill player guys. I think Florida. I think Napier at Florida It's because you're in a division that, after Georgia, is kind of up for grabs. And while Dan Mullen didn't exactly recruit well at Florida, they still have a ton of players, and that's going to be a great week one game, the Florida Utah game. So I think Billy and Napier and the system that he has. He's a proven head coach. If he can get something out of Richardson and get that team to be tough and physical, I, I think maybe here in Florida could have a much better year than people think.
3: It's College Game Day, uh, Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast. Awesome good Bear. luck not just on the dirt today, but good luck on the grass today, Chris. Thank you. Thank,
4: thank you, thank you so, so much, Bear. Appreciate you. You're welcome. Anytime.
3: He's going to be joining us on Saturdays here on the Lombardi Line. When we come I, I, I let that.
4: I let him. I, that was the answer I wanted. That's the what I wanted. Trust
3: me. That's why I said Venables. Gable next.
0: <laughs> you're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
3: Look, Napier down in Florida, Gainesville. We wouldn't expect you to know what to expect. That's why you got to pick up the college football betting guy. That's Michael's guy. And you can sign up early. Yeah. And for a discount at $175, this is such a good deal because think about what we're giving you for $175. We give you everything as far as college football and the betting guide. It's over 350 pages long. The Pro Football Betting Guide is dropping soon. You get Point Spread Weekly. You get Michael Lombardi's exclu- exclusive articles over at vcin.com. We get everything. We're going to make you money. 175 bucks. That's cheap. Go there right now, vcin.com slash subscribe. And if you're not interested in 175, it's 40 bucks a month. See if you like it. visoncom slash subscribe. Trust me, you're going to like it. This is the information I use, Every all the hosts here, the experts that put this together, Adam Burke, Mackinan, Kramer. Michael, it's just that good. So, And by the way, I agree with you. Thank you again to the Bear for joining us. I think Napier is going to do a hell of a job. It wasn't the name, but sometimes you got to back up a little bit and get quality, and I think Napier at Florida is going to be great.
4: And he's going to work at it. I mean, look, he won at Lafayette, you know, Louisiana University, of Louisiana. He was doing well there. He can coach the quarterback, which is critical. You know, Mullen came in with all this fanfare, but you know, it was like the he was like the back lot at Universal. The house looks good. You open the door, there's no house, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, and so like we got to get more out of this, right? And and I and I think that Napier will do a good job. He's got a legitimately talented quarterback in Richardson. There's going to be talent. I mean, you, you don't even have to be the best recruiter in Florida to get talent. So that's what I liked about it. He gave me the answer I was looking for. I like Florida this year.
3: I know he did. Uh, Thomas Gable, our partner, of course, runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. And I'm going to embarrass you, Thomas, as we say good morning. We were handicapping Del Mar last night or yesterday early. And he asked me about the 10th race, Michael. And he wrote me, I'm looking at Carmelita's man in the 10th. Carmelita's man at that time was not the favorite in the race. I happen to be just looking at the PPs. I played the horse because of Thomas Gable. And guess what? The horse won. So Thomas, sorry to embarrass you, but congratulations, my friend.
7: Great pick. Well, thanks, but I think you arrived at that on your own. It wasn't just me that no, uh, gave you that. I so.
3: promise you it was it was a Thomas Gable bet. How do you find the time when you're running a race in sportsbook to also bet the ponies?
7: Well I mean you look at the the key races of the day and you know yesterday was a big uh big day for uh coast to coast really um uh, there was some good racing so uh I was just looking at uh, Del Mar and uh, uh you also have uh the La Jolla today there so uh, I don't know if you have anything uh, that you like there in the in the fifth race today Patrick
3: we were just talking Michael to the Bear about that it's going to be a short field no doubt I'll send you over my play TG in okay. a little bit ta- ta- uh, Patrick,
4: you, you've yeah, got please. to understand where this man, this man, this sports book, this horsing uh, venue that he has uh, part of the Borgata there is incredible. It's huge. And it's so huge. my man's got to be on top of that. He, he's got to be on top of every race. Even those two, the, you know, those two ponies running in Amarillo. I'm sure he knows about that, too. It's amazing.
7: Yeah. Well, not, that's
4: what affords I them. I want go that far. That's what affords
3: oceanfront property in Atlantic <laughs> City, right, Thomas? That's what's got you right there on the ocean with your house. <laughs> hey, okay, so yeah. we were just discussing Pittsburgh, and I'm curious to get your thoughts because as Berman wrote in, you know, Philly fans pretend like they're the best. They're not even the best in their own state. Pittsburgh's, the Steeler fans are amazing. Where are you as far as the season wind total? Is there any action either way on the Steelers right now at the Borgata?
7: Yeah, so it's interesting. The Steelers' season win total, which is at seven and a half, uh, it's we're getting bet uh, on both uh, both sides of that. So uh, it seems to be the right number at seven and a half because you're getting you're getting bites at uh, both the over and the under. Uh, What's interesting, though, Pittsburgh traditionally has been a very public team. They have uh, fans everywhere, and uh, their fans will certainly back them with their dollars. And it's not so much with the division. Yes, we, we are uh, getting some Pittsburgh uh, bets there to win the AFC North at nine to one. So, but they're virtually being ignored in the AFC futures and Super Bowl futures, which is a little surprising because you typically at least get some Pittsburgh fans that come in and say, hey, "I'm going to you know put twenty dollars down or fifty dollars down on Pittsburgh uh, and take a shot," uh, but. Not so much this year, and you know I think the the quarterback situation there, um, it, being what it is, may lead to that. Um, you know the depth chart came out. It's Trubisky one, Rudolph is two, which may have surprised some people. Kenny Pickett um, uh, at three, and you know I don't put too much weight on Pickett taking third string reps in training camp. Um, uh, coming into training camp, I. I wouldn't be surprised if Rudolph was cut at some point. Uh, you know, we'll see how Trubisky opens the season. He you know, backed up Josh Allen last year, uh, just one year after Michael campaigned so hard for him to win the MVP. Uh, yes. But uh, <laughs> on, a, on a serious note, I mean, if, if we see more of what we've seen from, from Trubisky <laughs> in the past, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers turn the starting job over to pick it at some point. I think another important thing to look at with this offense, I think the line has improved, but moving Chase Claypool inside to the slot where he can really take advantage of his size and his ability to Good run point. after the catch, I think that's going to open up some opportunities uh, for them on the offense.
4: No, I-, I couldn't agree more. And then as we heard from Matt Williamson, George Pickens, the other big outside receiver. So you've got Johnson and pickens on the outside that opens up the inside with Friarmouth inside with, with, with four Claypool. So there is weapons on the team. I mean, this is not a team devoid of talent. Najee Harris had seventy catches, seventy-four catches last year. So they've got skill. It's gonna come down to the quarterback. And I'm with you. I, I think it's you know, I can go either way. I mean to me on paper they look like they should go under, but there's no way you could get me to do that because coaching matters in the NFL and Tomlin is one of the best. <laughs>
7: No, great point, and we, we've seen it time and again uh, with Mike Tomlin, and the, the man, he, he knows how to put forth a culture for that team, and uh, as you said, Michael, it's, it's kind of uh, risk your own peril here betting the under of the 7.5.
3: I totally agree and by the way you can find a seven out there as well uh, Thomas Gable race and sportsbook he's our partner here on the Lombardi line is there a big has there been a big bet on one of these futures on a team in particular that's come in there at the Borgata recently
7: uh, nothing huge uh, in terms of futures I mean the in the um, the NFC East obviously the Eagles have uh, taken the majority of the money um, in the division we we're just talking about with the, with the <laughs> AFC North, uh, the Bengals are the team that we've seen uh, get bet the most in, in terms of dollars. Uh, Ravens have the most tickets written on them in that division, but uh, the Bengals have the most dollars wagered on them here. Uh, Bengals are plus 180 to win the North. Uh, Ravens plus 160. And then, of course, you have uh, the Browns there at 3-1 to and Steelers at 9-1. to But, um, you know, in terms of uh, just liability in the division market, uh the AFC West, we have a decent amount of liability on the Chargers, uh, plus 235 currently. And uh, in the AFC South, uh, the Colts, uh, I think people are just expecting uh, them to sort of run away with this division this year. And uh, a lot of bets, a lot of money on the Colts to win the AFC South. Yeah,
4: yeah I, look, I, I think... I think the Colts are I, – I, I'm glad to hear you say that because I think the Colts are flying under the radar a little bit. You know, people say, well, they don't have great skill. You know, they struggle. You know, they don't have a number one receiver. Well, we'll see if Paris Campbell can develop. You know, where are they at tight end? You know, they lose Jack Doyle, but maybe this Andre Ogletree, the kid they drafted in the sixth round, can come in. I hear a lot of positivity about him. So, look, when you can run the ball – and I don't think Matt Ryan's done – I don't think they've ever had a guy – at center, uh, under center here in Indianapolis, since Luck left, that can command the respect of the team, and I, I think that's going to go a long way towards the Colts' season. I really do. I, I like the Colts a lot going into the year.
7: Yeah, I think it's a definite uh, upgrade there from uh, from last year with uh, with Wentz, and um, you know we'll, we'll see what uh, Matt Ryan uh, has left. I, I I'm, count me in the camp that thinks he does still have something left to to give.
3: Speaking to the commanders and Wentz, when we come back, I'm going to ask Michael Lombardi about that team. Is Rivera on the hot seat? He's eight to one as far as your fourth betting favorite to get fired as far as head coaches. TG, uh, do me a favor. I don't have a ton of time to handicap today, so if you could send me over some winners on the track <laughs> today, that would be appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it, I'll
4: see what I can share do. Better, share them all. <laughs>
3: Hey, by thank the way, TG. you know we joke. We joke. Uh, thank you, TG, uh, race and sportsbook director. We joke about him having a beachfront property. He does live pretty much on the. I mean, he does deserve it, but because he runs that place and he's there all the time, uh, he joked he with me the that time. his fa- He he joked with me that his family spends more time looking at the beach from his house than he does, so he never gets to actually yeah. enjoy the fruits of his labor.
4: He's one of, Thomas is one of those guys that only sees the dark, right? When he leaves in the morning, it's dark. When he comes home at night, <laughs> he's dark. You know? And so when you work in a job, you only see the dark. It, 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 no matter where you live, it's, you, know, you can live in Minsk. It doesn't matter. When you're a dark worker, it's, it's all the same.
3: Seven and ten, excuse me, seven and nine, seven and ten for Ron Rivera. It's year three in Washington. Uh, Is his seat getting warmer? Maybe all the drama with the ownership is keeping his seat cool, but should his seat be warm? Wentz is in, we'll get to that next here at Lombardi Line.
0: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Twenty-one plus only. Must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler.
1: I'm Katya Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last twenty-five years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC
2: wherever you listen to podcasts. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now
3: once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we set up the reward program over at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Every time you make a wager, this is great because you just accrue points. You earn reward points that you could redeem for online bonus credits like free bet tokens and... And if you're planning a trip to Vegas, how about that? You just get in there, use those points towards dining, shows, hotel rooms, at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located in Vegas and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experience, and valuable perks. So make sure you check it out. It is the best in the biz. BetMGM.com, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. We welcome you back here on a Sunday. It is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher as we go coast to coast here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Tremendous job by Matt Santos, who continues working into the afternoon, filling in it today. Thank you, Matt. And we just had our buddy Thomas Gable on from the Borgata. And in doing so, he said he believes, why is everybody down on Wentz? Okay, before you answer and yell at me, I think they're, like if you're the Washington Commanders, you had – Heineke under center last year. You must be feeling yeah. like you just had the lottery with Carson Wentz, no? Yeah,
4: you know, but I mean, Carson Wentz is like one of those people that, you know, it looks good, and then when you're, you know, it's like, I guess it's it looks like it's going to really work out, and then you spend time around them, and that's not going to work out. Like, there's personality things that go on here that, that seems to kind of bother people. And look, here's to me why I know that, Uh, I would have never made the move for Wentz because I was a Wentz fan. I I wasn't a Wentz fan initially when he came out of college. And then his first year, he was very inaccurate. And then the second season, he improved. And I thought, okay, you know, obviously, and he should have been MVP that year, Patrick. He got hurt, and they Mm -hmm. went on to win the Super Bowl. But he made some incredible throws on third down that season. They were seventh in the National Football League in the most attempts on third down. Seven. That means they were in a lot. They, they weren't getting yards on first and second down. I mean, they got in a lot right. of third downs. And then he converted at an enormously high rate, which is strange. So he kind of won me over with his 2017 season. And then 18, he didn't look good. And then 19, he didn't look good. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's just because Frank left and, you know, the offense and all those things, the injury. But, you know, then he goes to Indianapolis. And Indy gives up a first-round pick for the guy. And they can't wait to get him out of the building. Like, you talk to anybody in Indy, and they're like, we have a completely different team this year. Like, we've yeah. never had a leader like Matt Ryan on this team. Like, we've got a completely different team. You know, they love the kid they picked in the third round, the tight end. Not, not Ogletree, it's the other kid, Woods. They love this tight end. They think their receivers are good, their offensive. I mean, they just feel like they have somebody playing quarterback who's earned the respect of the players and can demand from the players, much like Tom Brady. So, you know, with that being said, you you, you see him leave. And and now I am down on Wentz. So I think the best way to scout is you start out, if you start out not liking a player and he convinces you to like him, or you start out liking a player and he convinces you to not like him. You know, it's when you can get moved in a direction. If you're stubborn and stay in one place, you're never going to learn anything. So that's where I am. And, you know, to me, Rivera, you asked the question, is he on the hot seat? Look, he said three winning seasons in 11 years as a head coach. Now, one of them was fifteen and one, and people have kind of that—that that has allowed him to have some mediocre years. But what he said yesterday kind of bothers me. Somebody, Pete Haley I don't uh, from NBC Sports in sure. in Washington, said to him. He said, uh, asked him if he was concerned about Wentz's accuracy and inaccuracy. And Ron said, you know, to him, there's 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 a ton that goes into it, timing, protection. So he's not stressing too much about it. I would. I would because I've seen him been inaccurate for most of his career.
3: Okay, a couple things. One, when we start talking about the personality, and a couple couple few things here, Michael. When we start talking about the personality, (laughs) I get uncomfortable because that becomes innuendo and gossip, but I will say this. You're now the 25th person I've heard that is credible talk about Carson Wentz potentially having issues personality-wise in the locker room. It appears to be real.
4: It has to be like it. just like I I have, you know, I talk to a lot of people in the league. Right. And you get different opinions of different players. And, you know, it's like Aaron Rodgers is a unique guy. Right. But he's a unique player, too. I mean, and he's so unique that I, I don't really care about what he does you know, how he behaves or if he goes out into, you know, into into some desert area and, you know, <laughs> takes a trip somewhere with Deanna Patrick. I don't really care, you know. You know, but I because I, he plays good. I don't need to understand that. But Wentz affects the team with his personality. Like he affects the team with his personality. And that's something as an executive, as a head coach, you can't tolerate that. Like you can't tolerate that.
3: Okay. Well, here's what we got. What we do know is Strength of Schedule projects to be the third easiest as far as the commanders. We've got BetMGM looking at 7.5, so if you like them to the over, get over there. If you like them to the under, DraftKings has a win total set on the commanders at eight, Michael Lombardi. Seven and ten last year, so two straight seven win seasons for Ron Rivera. Chase Young out early this year, but you you haven't liked this defense in particular. We'll get to it. The pass D was twenty-eighth in the league last year. That's also an issue. The side of the ball that was supposed to be the strength, the defense, struggled.
4: It did and it struggled and it always It struggles on third down the down that they should be really good on because they have these great pass rushers. And look, I think, you know, Randy Mueller said the other day when we had him on about their offense and about the design of their offense and can they improve, you know, I don't know if they can, you know, I think I see them as not neatly tightly organized together. I see a lot of things when I watch them on tape in both sides of the football, offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game, where there's not a lot of things nailed down. There's too much gray area. You know, football is a game of details. You know, there's the great Marcus Aurelius quote that says, the secret to all victory lies in the organization of the non-obvious. Right? Great coaches organize the non-obvious. And I don't see that. I don't see that in Washington. I see too many, eh, well, that happened, you know. This, Ah, we were unfortunate in a game. You know, this shouldn't happen. The A player did that. No, it can't. You got to tighten that stuff down. Football's a game of details. And look, I think it shows up why Ron's been so inconsistent in his career. He's, you know, he's a wonderful human being. There's no denying that. Again, this is all just looking at it. Three winning seasons in 11 years. And if Dan Snyder was the old Dan Snyder, not the Dan Snyder that has to behave today that got sent out of the office, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't have made it to his third year. I mean, Marty Schottenheimer won eight and eight and got fired.
3: I do want to interrupt you for a second. That's the commanders. You and I will finish that conversation tomorrow. Because kind of breaking news here, Michael. Mary Kay Cabot is reporting that Kareem Hunt has requested a trade out of Cleveland. Your initial reaction to that? Well, he's not is even what?
4: practicing. He's one of those. He's one of those hold-ins. I mean, look, he, you know, he's, he's got a year left to go on his contract. He played eight games last year. He's a really good running back. He's had some off the field issues. We know about that. You know, that's why he no longer was in Kansas City. Cleveland decided to take him. John Dorsey knew him from his day in in Kansas City. Kind of took him in when a lot of people wouldn't. So, you know, this will be an interesting conversation as you go forward. What team is going to be tolerant to take him in from his past discretions? And then we know he's a really good player. He can catch the ball. He's got real toughness when he runs with it. You know, I think there's a huge market out there for running backs. I think this leads into a bigger conversation. I think that you'll see backs with maybe years left on contracts. You know, like Damian Harris, for example. You know, he has one year left on his deal. He becomes a free agent. Does Belichick decide to sign him? Or does he trade him for something better than a compensatory pick? See, this is the question you have to ask as a team builder. It's the same thing. Do you sign Kareem Hunt to an extension? Or do you let him go and try to get a compensatory pick? You know, Josh Jacobs, do you trade him now and get something back? Or do, you let, or do you play him for one year and get the most out of them? That's going to be a whole market. These guys that are in the last year of their deal have value to other teams. They may not have as much to you. And you've got to weigh his value to the current team along with his value, what he could bring in a potential marketplace.
3: Michael Hunt's a great – he's a tremendous receiver as well. I mean, this is a very good back. No
4: doubt. No doubt. I mean, you know, he'd still be in Kansas City if it wasn't for the issues. I mean, oh, yeah. the video of him is really bad. I mean, the fact that he, you know, that video was, we all saw that video, you know, and that was very upsetting.
3: Yeah, certainly was. Matt Williamson, thank you. Chris Balika, thank you. Brian Baldinger, thank you. Thomas Gable, thank you. Wow, tremendous job both Matt and uh, Michael booking the show today. That was a lot of fun. Go grab your boogie board and get in the ocean, my man.
4: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think I got to do a little work daily coach writing today. You know, Patrick, I got to take care of Bella. I mean, I got a lot of stuff on my plate, Patrick. Come on now. You know that.
3: <laughs> Dude, you never stop. You got to take it easy one of these days. Okay, Michael, thank you. We're going to be right back here tomorrow morning thank with you, the Patrick. Lombardi line. Thanks, Have a great Matt Sunday, Santos. Michael. Okay, thank you. Yeah, Matt Santos, you too, thank Patrick. you so much. Our boys, Femi and James is coming up next here. I'm betting across America. This is Veasan, the sports betting R- network. Remember, if you missed anything, including the guide, just go to veasan.com/slash subscribe. It's on sale right now. And M Lombardi NFL on Twitter. You can find them there, and you can find us at Veasan Live. Have a great Sunday. Betting across America is next.